I'm Kurt Benkert, and this is Pocket Presence, powered by Sleeper. Welcome back to another episode. So glad to have you guys here. Man, week 11 of the NFL is starting off hot. Ravens get another win, but Bengals losing Joe Burrow out for the year. And the Ravens, too, they lose Mark Andrews for the year. Two devastating injuries for both teams. And the AFC North, man, just when you think it couldn't get any crazier, it does. I think the Bengals are in trouble. And I think, one, they're in trouble without Joe Burrow. And two, there's got to be something coming from this, what I presume to be a hidden injury to Joe Burrow that popped on Thursday night. It seemed like he was dealing with some hand issues. And then this throw, this this throw to, I believe it was Mixon, little flat route. It just couldn't take it anymore. And it looked like something happened. I think it was a pop or tear, something like that. But it seems like we might have a case of an undisclosed injury that was hidden. The Bengals, they had some really weird social media antics where they posted something, showed a little brace, removed it as quick as possible. But it was already out there. Once it's on the internet, it's out there. And we talked about it a little bit. There's a lot of money at stake in these games, in the outcomes. You know me, I had a couple slips. I had Tyler Boyd yards in some of my slips that did not hit this week that had I known that Joe Burrow's hand was injured, maybe I wouldn't have touched him. He did not hit. But if you flip the script, Lamar Jackson losing Mark Andrews, that's his go-to guy. What I think you're going to see is an even more resurgence of OBJ. You saw some of it that game. He had some big plays. Zay Flowers had a huge touchdown that was called back. But Lamar won that game with his arm more than his legs, and it was really encouraging to see, especially once Mark Andrews was out. He had no problem throwing the ball up and down the field, and they had some really explosive plays. So Lamar, he's one of my fantasy guys in one of my leagues. He had a huge night for me, and I think the Ravens are going to be just fine. They're going to have to play offense a little bit differently without Mark Andrews, but I still think that the Ravens are the team to beat. Joe Burrow out, Deshaun Watson out, Kenny Pickett, and Lamar Jackson are the two lone starting quarterbacks, number one starting quarterbacks in the AFC North, and man, they are in the thick of it. It's going to be a really wild race to the finish in that division, but enough of Thursday night. We've got to flip the script to Sunday, and boy... I have not been this excited about a Sunday in a minute, mainly because I feel the momentum coming back. I feel teams hitting their stride. I feel myself hitting my stride in my DFS slips, my picks. We've had a really good month to five-week stretch, up 60 units this month. And at one point, we were up 100 units. And we gave a little bit back. Shout out, Sleeper. Had to give some money back. But this is the week that we kick it back off, and we have a really good strategy. We're just going to take likely outcomes, things that are really likely to happen, probable, and we're just going to stack probables on top of each other in two to three play slips. We're going to throw a few four or five leggers in there too, just to, you know, get some good favorable multiples. But I am going so sharp this week in picking the best players of the best teams with outcomes that should happen. And we're just going to stack them and see how it goes. We're going to go through every single game and every outcome that I like in each game that I would be willing to add to a slip. And we're going to start with the first slate, obviously, on Sunday. We have the Dallas Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be really one-sided, like most people's picks should be in this game, considering what Carolina looks like on offense. But one guy that I know I love is CeeDee Lamb. And another guy that I love is Dak Prescott. And right now on my lines, CeeDee Lamb has 82.5 receiving yards as his line, That multiplier is 1.76, and I love it. I love it a lot. His last few games, he's had a 117, 158, 
191 and 151. And his line is set at 82 and a half against a miserable team. And the Cowboys are one of those teams that they're going to pile it on. They don't care how bad you are. They're going to run their points up. They're trying to have a historic offensive year. And they need it because when they play good teams, they don't typically look like that. So they're going to get theirs versus bad teams. And this is a week that I love CD Lamb. He's having a huge year. And the thing that I love the most is his target share that he's getting every single week is absurd. In the last three weeks, they've had 14 targets, 16 targets, and 14 targets go his way for 12, 11, and 11 receptions, and almost 200 yards in each of those games. Over 150 in each of those by far. I love his 82 and a half receiving yards. It's amazing. And if by some way, shape, or form tomorrow, his receptions come back at anything under seven and a half, you need to hammer it because it's a guaranteed lock. It is my mortal lock. The other thing that I know is I know that Dak Prescott likes throwing touchdowns versus bad teams, and his touchdowns right now are set at 1.5 passing touchdowns with a 1.46x multiplier. And what that means is if Dak Prescott throws for two touchdowns, he hits, and it's nearly going to give you 1.5x on your money when you stack it with something else. Looking down also on their team, another sneaky pick is Brandon Cooks. His line for receptions is set at two and a half. I don't love it because he's hit or miss in his receptions, but last week he had nine receptions on 10 targets, and his line right now is only set at two and a half. So what I will say is that should hit. I'd be willing to add that to a slip. Is it my favorite this game? No, but I like it. I also like Ferguson's receptions at three and a half. He's hit four, seven, and four the last three weeks, so he's trending in the right direction. That's a teaser. And if, you know, one more sneaky, sneaky nugget. Shout out Roddy, our producer. Dowdle. Dowdle's been getting some more burn. He hasn't had any receiving yards the last two games, but I could see him sneaking into that role as we get closer to the end of the season. And his line is set at two and a half receiving yards right now. Not half bad. I like it. Don't love it, but I like it. And then if you look at the Panther side, this is the only person I would ever consider touching on their team. You know, I take that back. There's two people. I like Adam Thielen's five and a half receptions. That seems like a safe spot. He had six last week. Should have had seven if he didn't drop a ball. Should have had eight if Bryce Young was accurate. But five and a half seems good in this game. I like it. And Eddie Pinheiro. Hopefully I said that right. Will he have 4.5 kick points? That's two field goals. I'm saying there's a chance. Do with it what you will. But that's that Dallas Cowboys-Carolina Panthers game. Obviously super Dallas heavy, but there seem to be some gimmies that I've already formulated a lot of slips with, and I'm rolling. Again, I think the number one thing I've found this year when I'm making predictions or anything along those lines with these player props, pick good players on good teams with favorable matchups. And more often than not, they're going to do well. You don't need to find the nuggets. You don't need to find the 3x plays. Just get the two stacks, keep them consistent, and let this thing roll. Another game that we have coming up is Pittsburgh and Cleveland, and this one is really tricky for me because it goes against everything I believe in of picking good players on good teams. I don't think Pittsburgh's a good team at 6-3, and three, which is wild to say, but one thing I do like, I like Chris Boswell's 5.5 kick points. I'll say it, kickers. Kickers are big for me, and I think that Boswell will hit two field goals this game, 1.7x. I like it. Another thing I really love, TJ Watt, half a sack. Will he have more than half a sack? I believe so. It's a really low multiple. It means that they believe it'll happen as well. But as far as everything else on Pittsburgh's team goes, George Pickens' receptions are set at two and a half. He had three last week. I don't even want to give this pick. Cut, cut. I backtrack. I don't feel good about it. I don't want to touch George Pickens. I changed my mind. You know what? I'm going to stick to my guns here. 
And I am not going to touch a single Pittsburgh Steeler besides Boswell. And you know what? I'm going to touch Najee Harris. I'm going to do it. Najee Harris's receiving line is set at one and a half, and it's a super high multiple for one and a half. All he needs is two receptions. He's had three, five, two, and three in the last four games. He would have hit this every single week. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Najee Harris one and a half receptions, and I'm going to believe in this high multiple too. When you have a guy that's like line is set at 0.5, 1.5 on these receptions, you typically get like 1.6, maybe 1.5 multiple. They're giving you 1.92. That is worth the extra squeeze for me. And I'm going to be putting Najee Harris in another entry because I like it. I like the risk or reward there. But I'm not going to look at any other Steelers because it's against my it's against my code. My code of ethics at the Ben Kurt Blinders book of ethics. And then I'm also going to go and follow my best judgment and say that for this week, I am not touching any Cleveland Brown. They have a new quarterback in. Last time I touched them when he played, nothing hit. And we're just going to move on. There's a lot of action that we like, so there's no reason to touch every single game. And the next game that I really love is coming up. It's Detroit and Chicago. The Lions were rolling on offense. And the Chicago Bears defense has been like sneaky, not bad. But I like the Lions. I like the targets, the share that they give the receivers, their tight end, their running backs. Everybody gets involved in this. And the first thing that I'm going to tell you that I love is Amonra St. Brown, six and a half receptions. That looks really good. He has had, in the last four weeks, 12, 13, six, and eight. And every single week except for one, he would have hit six and a half. And the Bears' defense is not that good. He had 13 against Baltimore's defense. And even Vegas' defense, who's pretty good. He had six receptions. I love his receptions. I also love his receiving yards. Receiving yards will give you a little bit more of a multiple. I think he'll hit. In the last four weeks, he's had 124, 102, 108, and 156. I'm going to say he's going over 100 in a, against a divisional opponent again. So if I was you, I'd probably take reception yards over receptions, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think receptions are a little bit more of a guarantee. I would probably leave it at that for this, this game. Maybe Jared Goff, 1.5 passing touchdowns. He's had... You know, I don't like it. I think I'll hit it, but I'm not even going to advise you to touch it. And then again, what do we do with bad teams? We don't touch them unless we have a favorable pick. The only one that I see that is even favorable in the slightest is Cole Komet. Three and a half receptions. I like it a lot. I think it's a lock. He gets a lot of checkdowns. He should see the ball more, even more so with Justin Fields back in. Trying to play clean football because that's going to be the emphasis. But yeah. Don't touch many players from bad teams, if none at all, but Cole Komet's a really good player, and I like it. Moving on. Another game that obviously we need to talk about, the Chargers and the Packers. Ooh, I really like this game as far as player props go. Chargers defense, terrible. Packers, their lines are always so low because they're abysmal in offense. So we have a lot of good nuggets in this one, and I actually have a few slips made with some of these players that I just don't see how they don't hit. We'll start with the Packers lineup and some of the things that I like. Number one is Jaden Reed. He's turning into a dynamic playmaker on that Packers offense. In the last four weeks, he's had three, four, three, and five receptions. And again, this week, his line is set at two and a half. If he has three receptions, he hits. That's 1.6 on the multiplier. And then another guy that I think they have to get involved in the game plan a little bit more is Romeo Dobbs. He's their best big play receiver. He's the best one-on-one guy. In the last three weeks, he's at four, three, and three. His line is also set at two and a half. You could even double stack a Dobbs and Jaden Reed, two and a half each, mainly thinking of game script here. 
it's going to be a high-scoring game. Most likely the Chargers are going to put up points, meaning the Packers are going to have to throw the ball, meaning are those two guys going to get three receptions each? Yeah, I believe so. And those are the guys that get the bulk of the targets in that offense besides Aaron Jones and the tight end. I like those two a lot. Another one that's kind of sneaky too is Dontavian Wicks. 1.5 receptions. He's had two, four, and three the last few weeks. It's going to be a passing game. And one thing that I really like to talk about in this is how do I think the game's going to go and then reverse back to what is going to be required to get to that outcome? And I'm just going to say, dude, they're going to have to throw the ball around. I like it a lot. Then flipping the script to the other side, if you look at the Chargers, Keenan Allen's line is set at seven and a half for receptions, but his yards is 86 and a half. I think he hits both of them, but the seven and a half receptions for me is something I don't like to touch because you have one bad quarter. You have a few drops, maybe. I know Keenan doesn't really drop much, but things could go downhill fast, especially if the Chargers get the lead early. Maybe they don't end up throwing the ball, but I think seven and a half receptions is a little steep. I might even take the under, but you know me. I don't like taking under, so we're going to stay away from that. One thing I do like is Austin Eckler's receptions at three and a half, but I really like his receiving yards even more. Does Austin Eckler get 31 receiving yards? I'm going to say yes. I think it's going to require it. Knowing that the Packers defense likes to play a shell, meaning they like to not let anybody beat them deep, there's going to be a lot of checkdowns to be had by Austin Eckler. So do with it what you will. I like the Austin Eckler receptions and receiving yards. I have Justin Herbert to throw two passing touchdowns this game. I just... I don't see how the Green Bay defense stops him. I don't see how there's not a lot of points scored. And I don't see how this is not good for a lot of the overs in this game. What do we do when we have a bad team playing against an average team? We skip it. I don't like touching it. The Cardinals and the Texans. I think the Texans are a better team than they are not. But this is one of those weird games that I would not feel confident really touching. I don't know who's going to get the share of the targets in the Houston offense. I don't really know much about the Cardinals and what they're going to look like with Kyler Murray at quarterback. So I'm going to move on from this game and I'm not going to touch it. Hopefully you guys have some slips from it that work, but I would advise to be careful around these games where you don't really know what these teams look like entirely. And this also gives me to my next team. Tennessee and Jacksonville for me is one of those games where like, I think I know these teams, but every week they show me that I don't really know them. And the Titans one week will throw the ball a lot. They will one week rush for 200 yards. And then the next week they'll do neither of it. They'll just not show up. They won't even get off the bus. And the same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their offense is so hit or miss. Sometimes they're explosive. Sometimes they're stagnant. I do know that I like, in theory, I like Evan Ingram receptions at four and a half. Most weeks that hits very much a gimme. In an alternate reality, I like touching Calvin Ridley's lines, but pause. I won't do that in this reality. Yeah, I think the only the only two things that you can comfortably pick this week are Evan Ingram, four and a half receptions, and that's still not like a guarantee. And then if you're going to touch anybody on the Titans, Tajay Spears' receptions is set at two and a half. He gets his guaranteed receptions every week. He's somebody that's worth adding to a slip and hoping that he pops, but those two, if I'm going to do anything this game, that's what I'm going to do. And now it's time to move on because, again, sketchy games, might as well not touch them. Hammer the things on good games and good teams that should happen. Better strategy long term. All right. We got a few more games to go. Vegas and Miami. Vegas's offense, I don't know what to do with them. Like, I, I don't know what to do with them. I don't trust anything with their quarterback. Jacoby Myers has just left the team in the last few weeks. Shouldn't even be showing up because he's not getting his targets. So we're not going to focus on anything Vegas-wise. We're just going to talk strictly Miami Dolphins. And 
Right now, I like Tyreek Hill six and a half receptions. It's a little steep, but I think he's going to get his targets. So that's one that I'm willing to reach for. I don't like touching six and a half, seven, seven and a half, unless it's for one of the guys. And Tyreek Hill is one of the guys. So I'm going to say I like it. And it's got a good multiple, 1.85, which is pretty high for a receptions line on an over. And besides that, I think that's where we're going to end this. I think we're going to end the Dolphins game as we're only touching Tyreek Hill receptions and we're going to hope for the best because that's another weird matchup. I don't like it. Let's keep this thing rolling, man. We got Washington and the New York Giants. Talking about a horrible team, you already know my philosophy. We're not touching the Giants. We can't do it, won't do it. I would be doing it against my free will and I'm not going to do it. But I do know that Sam Howell throws the ball a lot. He throws the ball more than anybody in the league. His attempts this year are I believe 80 more than the next closest and what I will say is that his passing yards are set at 253 and a half and in the last three weeks he's had 397 325 and 312 and if you don't think that Sam Howell is going to throw for over 300 against the New York football giants probably delusional and if this pick does not hit I'm so sorry but I'm going to take Sam Howell over on passing yards I think that's a volume play he should get there. Recent history says he should get there, and I like it. And then one other piece of this, if you're feeling a little frisky, Joey Sly, a little Sly frisky action from their kicker. Six and a half kick points. In the last three weeks, he's had seven, eight, and eight. I like it a lot. They've played against Philly, New England, and Seattle the last three weeks, and now they're playing against the Giants. Will he kick two field goals and an extra point? I think so. Will he kick one field goal and have four extra points. I think that's possible too because the Giants suck. So let's roll with it. Six and a half kick points. I think it's worth the money. We have one, two, three, four, five more games to go and we're heating up and we're back to a good team. San Francisco 49ers. We like good teams. So let's touch them. What do you mean by that? But as we get into the thick of this, I... I don't really love any of the lines. These are kind of set pretty high right now. I think I like Brandon Ayuk on receiving yards, but I don't love it. It's set at 67 and a half. It's pretty high, but the Bucks defense is also terrible. This is going to be more so of like how high scoring of a game do we think this is going to be and what is it going to be game script wise from the 49ers to make this happen? Like, What is it going to take? You know, under further review... We're going to stay as far away from this game as possible because the lines are super inflated. Looks like I just can't reach, guys. I can't reach when there's so many favorable outcomes. So take this advice. Don't touch games you got to reach for. And there may be some of these that hit in this game, like Chris Godwin receptions, he should hit. But like I wouldn't touch it. I don't think I'd touch anything in this game. Stay far away. Alert, alert. Buzzer. <laughs> don't touch it because it's not worth it. There's other good games out there to touch. Let's get back to the AFC East. The Jets and the Buffalo Bills. One thing I'll tell you right now, new offensive coordinator. They just fired their guy. Some disgruntlement from, you know, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' brother, and Josh Allen not playing good football right now. What are they going to do? What do they need to do to get this offense back on track? There's two answers. They need to feed Stephon Diggs. There is no reason why he should have under double-digit targets in the last two weeks. He's had five and seven. That's miserable. They're playing against the Jets, and they need this. The last time he played against the Jets, week one, he had 13 targets on 10 receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. What are we going to hammer this week? We're going to hammer Stephon Diggs' receptions, if we like it, 
It is a 2x multiplier on six and a half receptions. We're going to take a receiving touchdown. I don't like receiving touchdowns, but I think this is the week. If the Bills want to be back, they need to get Stephon Diggs involved. And if they want him to be happy, they need to get him in the end zone. And then if you want a little bit of a, another sprinkle, I like Dalton Kincaid reception set at four and a half. Dude gets more targets than any tight end in the league. Not actually, but he really gets a lot of them. And in the last four weeks, he's had eight receptions, five receptions, 10 receptions, and five. All he needs to do is hit another five-piece nugget this week, and he's going to hit. So Kincaid receptions, Stefan Diggs, a lot of action. I like it. And then another thing that we saw recently is that the Bills' defense is suspect. And I don't really know why they're suspect, but they seem like they just give up a bunch of yards, a bunch of easy things. Garrett Wilson, he's been kind of surging. He's had eight receptions, seven, seven, and nine in the last four weeks. His line is set at five and a half. If he gets six receptions, he hits. I like his receptions. And we're going to move on. We're going to stay away from Brees Hall's three and a half receptions this week. A little too high for me. Nathaniel Hackett, I love you, but I don't trust you to get him the ball enough. Take this for what it's worth. If the Jets want to be better on offense, give Brees Hall the ball more. Use that Aaron Jones treatment. Three more games left. We're rolling. Seattle and the Rams. Ah. Ah, is this one of those games that we don't touch because there's teams that I don't like? I kind of think so. Stafford's back. Is he healthy? We don't really know. If he is healthy, one thing we do know is that Puka's line is set at five and a half receptions. When Stafford's playing, Puka gets seven, nine, five, 15, 10. When he's not playing, he doesn't get a lot, but also Cup is set at six and a half. What does Cup do? He has eight and seven first two weeks back with Stafford. I'm going to make the correct decision in my mind, and I'm going to stay away from this game as well. A big do not touch. And we're going to move on to Minnesota versus the Broncos. I don't know. I'm just being honest. I'm just going to be very honest. This is going to be a game that like, I would not typically touch, but I'm a big believer in what the Vikings are doing and what Josh Dobbs is doing. And I also think that on the flip side, Russell Wilson's playing really good football. And I'm glad he is because I think football is better when he doesn't suck. So take it for what it's worth. The two plays that I like this game that are available right now are actually a TJ Hawkinson reception touchdown is really what we'd be looking at. I think that with a quarterback that is new in a system, he's going to trust his biggest target in the red zone. And it's like the safety net. Hawkinson gets his burn anyways. And I think that of all the weeks, if you're going to take a high risk play, you're going to go TJ Hawkinson receiving touchdown. And on the flip side, I think that the way the Broncos have to play football to win this game is going to be on the ground a little bit more. And I'm going to I'm going to say it, dude. I think that Javante Williams, his line is set at 67 and a half rushing yards. I think he's got to hit that for them to win the game and I think that they're going to feed him. We're going to take a Williams over on 67 and a half rushing yards and move on about our day. And if you're feeling super frisky, maybe a Cortland Sutton anytime touchdown receiving touchdown, but I'm not going to advise you down that road because I don't really like touching touchdowns. It's just not really my thing. But yeah, that's that should actually be a decent game on Sunday Night Football that a couple weeks ago, we would have been just not too happy that it was on. It would have been another miserable primetime game. But now we move on to the primetime game. Maybe even the game of the year, some would say. The 8-1 and Philadelphia Eagles up against the 7-2 and Kansas City Chiefs, both have a lot riding on this game. It's an interconference game, but again, both of these teams want the number one seed in their conference heading to the playoffs, and this game is going to determine it. It's going to have a really big factor into that final standing. And man, we like good players in good games. 
from good teams, and it feels like both teams have to show up with their best game plan possible, meaning featuring their best targets in primetime. And we're going to talk about none other than A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has had 7, 10, 8, and 7 in the last four weeks receptions-wise. His line is set at 6.5. If he hits 7, he hits. But something else that I'm going to talk about that I like even more than his receptions is his receiving yard line. It is set at 84 and a half, and this is a primetime game. A.J. Brown goes off in primetime games. Typically, he did not have the, quote, best game against Dallas, up to his standards, and I think he's going to go back over 100 yards this week. I like it. I'm going to take over on both of those. You pick which one you want, but that's a little bit more of a high-risk play, but I really like it. Honestly, I like it a lot. Another person that they need to get involved in their game plan if they're going to move the ball up and down the field is DeAndre Swift. And early in the year, his reception lines were hitting like crazy. And now they got him set at two and a half receptions. I really like this pick more than anything else, mainly because the way that the Chiefs play defense is typically two-shell based, meaning there's going to be more underneath receptions for the running back on checkdowns. And I think if Jalen Hurts wants to stay on schedule ahead of the chains, he's going to have to utilize his running back, and it should be DeAndre Swift. And if for the love of God, Gainwell is in the game more than he should be, you're going to see some angry tweets from me. The other thing we need to flip to is, again, dude, these running backs. Go to Kansas City's side, Pacheco. What does the Chiefs offense look like when Pacheco's involved? Good Chiefs offense. When he's not involved, what does it look like? Not good Chiefs offense. And the same goes with Travis Kelsey. They had an absolute stinker of an offensive performance before the bye. They're coming off of a bye, and these lines are really favorable if the Chiefs play the way that we know that they can play. So I'm going to hammer it. We're going to take Pacheco's two and a half receptions. And the other thing we need to know, high alert, come time for kickoff. What's the deal with Taylor Swift? She's going to beat this game, right? Taylor Swift's family is going to be at this game. So what does that mean? This is my absolute lock of the century. Travis Kelsey over 74 and a half receiving yards. If you're not hammering it using the Taylor Swift effect, the fact that they're meeting parents at the game. You're delusional if you're not touching it. So we're going to say Travis Kelsey, 75 receiving yards over. Checo, two and a half receptions over. DeAndre Swift, over two and a half receptions over. And then we're going to take anything from the A.J. Brown line besides touchdowns and roll with it. And that completes the segment of what do I like on the board this week. And if you guys are new to DFS and you want to get a $100 match on your first time deposit, you can use code Kurt when you check out and you'll get $100 for putting in $100, giving you $200 to play with as you go to make your entries. The other thing that we have for first-time users is basically a gimme. We have Josh Dobbs on Sunday Night Football. If he passes for over one yard, that part of your slip hits. And same thing for Monday Night Football. If Mahomes passes for one yard, you hit. So it basically gives you two free parts of a slip to hit so that you only have to get one other right, and then you make money. It's pretty great. And again, that is for first-time users only. The other thing that we have is the Sleeper Sunday Community Poll that allows you as a community to go on Twitter and pick which player of four you want their either receptions, their receiving yards, whatever that line may be, discounted by 20% typically. Again, you can find this on Sleeper Picks Twitter and go put in your feedback. What do you want to have a discounted pick at? For me, like I said, I love Sam Howell passing yards. Maybe he'll be up there this week. Probably get it discounted. 30, 40 yards makes it that much more likely to hit. And you can add it to your slips with a discount. And I believe that the max input on each of those slips would be $10. So you can start stacking. And for our last segment, 
We're just going to talk straight up pickums, my game picks of the week, and why I'm going with which side I am. Starting off, I'm just going to pat my own back. Want to know this week? Pick the Ravens to win. It was pretty obvious. I knew Joe Burrow was going to get hurt. I'm just kidding. I just, <laughs> no, but actually, I like what the Ravens are doing. I don't think they should have thrown that game away last week. And I think they're the better built team for long term success. So I'm glad that they won. So I was right. Next game, we have Steelers-Browns. I'm actually going to go with the Browns this week. I think that DTR is going to have a decent game. I think that the Steelers are frauds, and I don't think that the Steelers are going to do enough on offense against that Browns defense to keep them in the game. I think it's going to be a pretty favorable Browns win. Now we have the Bears-Lions. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going Lions. I'm going to look for an offensive masterpiece. I am looking forward to seeing how Justin Fields comes back and plays, but I don't think he's going to be able to do enough to elevate them over the Lions. We have Chargers Packers. I'm taking Chargers. I'm taking a big offensive performance. I'm also taking the Packers offense to have a decent offensive performance as well. Another game, Raiders Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to win this. I think that Tyreek Hill is going to have a good game coming off of a bye, probably over 100 yards, over eight receptions. I like it. And I think this is the first week that the Raiders come back down from their regression back to the norm a little bit. But I still think the Raiders are a better team post Josh McDaniels breakup than pre. Moving on, we have the Giants and the Commanders. I'm going Commanders all the way. I think it's going to be a 300-yard performance from Sam Howell. They're going to keep slinging it. And this might be the end for Dabble here. I don't know what the light at the end of the tunnel looks like for the Giants, but I don't even know if there is one because they are that deep in the hole. Cowboys-Panthers, I think we all know where I'm going here. Cowboys all the way. And they'll play a real team eventually. Now we got another one, Titans-Jags. This isn't as much of a cakewalk as I think. I think the Jaguars are going to win. I think they have a better roster, but this feels like one of those weird AFC South matchups that Derrick Henry runs for 150 yards and they still lose. So do with that what you will, Jaguars. Now we got the Cardinals and the Texans. I like the Texans. I think the Texans are going to win this game. They're going to be, what, 6-4 and four following this game. If they can contain Kyler Murray, I think they will have no problem at all walking away with this game. Now we have the Bucks and the Niners. I think the Niners should roll. I think the Bucks' offense is actually not playing that bad. And I think they they might give some fits to the 49ers' defense. It's a weird matchup. But again, 49ers are back. They have their whole roster back. They're the team to beat right now. Man. And now this, this is the game. This one right here, the Jets-Bills. Like, I want to pick the Bills. I want to pick the Bills every single week. But should I? This is the last time. If the Bills lose this game, so help me. This is the last time I'll ever pick them. But firing their offensive coordinator, I believe he was a scapegoat. But... I'm going to pick the Bills to win with huge caution. And this would be my least confident pick of the week because the Jets defense is for real. And if Zach Wilson just puts together some sort of a game, the Bills could have their absolute hands full. Another weird game, Matt Stafford coming back with the Rams against the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks keep their momentum going. I don't think that the Rams offensive line can get it done for Stafford. And I think the Seahawks are going to find a way to win a weird, weird divisional game. And now for Sunday Night Football, Vikings, Broncos. I'm going to go with the Josh Dobbs experience. And this is not a knock on the Broncos. I like I like how they're playing football finally, actually. I've, I really shit on Sean Payton a lot this year. And I think he's doing a way better job than he did early in the year. I think he came back down to earth, put his ego aside, and has been coaching good football. But I don't think it's going to be enough for the Pastronaut. And I think that they're going to waltz right in, and they're going to take this game from them. And it's going to be Vikings Redemption Tour. Now, this one we have to really talk about. Eagles Chiefs. I'm going to break this down first. So Taylor Swift, her family's going to be there. 
her parents are going to meet the Kelsey parents. Taylor Swift, also Eagles fan, just found out. There's a lot of weird intermixing, intermingling, intertwining, whatever you want to call it, into this game. And something just feels fishy. I think that the good guy in all of this is actually going to prevail for once. Jason Kelsey, world's sexiest man. I think that his Christmas album is going to drop soon. We're going to get all of the joy from his thick beard into our souls as the Eagles go into Kansas City and take this game from them. And I also think that with Taylor Swift being there, Travis Kelsey's going to have a big game. But they, he can have a big game when they lose. And I think everyone is going to be happy. I think Taylor Swift's going to, in her heart, be happy that the Eagles win. Kelsey's going to get what he finally deserves. Jason Kelsey, that is. A win against his brother. And Travis is going to get a lot of yards and reception. So he's going to be happy too. And they're all going to go back and have a great family dinner after the fact. So I'm going with the Eagles. Shout out Jason Kelsey. I like your vibes. That's it, man. We have a lot of Sunday action. If you're like me, you're excited. You wake up piss hot, as some would say. And I just can't wait. I can't wait to see the green arrows hit to tell me that my entries hit. And I'm really excited to watch how all this plays out because we're getting into the thick of it. We're in November football now. It's not it's not this September, October football. Like It's November. And November football is for real. December football is even more real. And we're heating up. And so is the NFL. I will be watching all the action all Sunday long. And you can follow along with all of my thoughts and everything in between with at Kurt Benkert on Twitter and also at Pocket underscore Presence on Twitter as well. There will be a lot of action and we have a lot to follow along with. And you can catch us again on Tuesday with another episode recapping what this crazy Sunday is going to look like. And I can't wait to see you guys there. And with that, I'm out. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.